Welcome to another episode of the Part-Time REI Podcast with hosts Eric Hitzelberger and Brian Snyder, creators of the Lunchtime Profit System and the Part-Time REI blog. If you are looking to learn how to take control of your financial future by investing in real estate in your spare time, this is your premier source of information. Welcome everyone. This is Eric Hitzelberger and Brian Snyder from Part-Time REI and welcome to our first podcast. Today we're going to talk about getting started in real estate investment and particularly getting started flipping homes and hopefully you'll find the information valuable. So Brian, let's just get to it. Great. Um, Why did you start in real estate investing? Well, let's see. Actually, uh, I kind of stumbled into real estate investing through seeking supplemental retirement plan, working a full-time career and uh, for many years uh, putting a percentage of my paycheck, uh, kind of blindly dumping money into my 401k. And I watched it over a period of, of time when the when the market crashed, I watched it get uh, cut in half in value. And so I really started seeking different ways to uh, save for retirement. I recognized how vulnerable my strategy was. So I really started looking for an alternative strategy, something that uh, I could control a little bit better. My corporate income has uh, a relatively defined ceiling on it. So I was looking for something that where I could exceed that ceiling and really grow. Great. And I think a lot of people uh, join for a lot of those same reasons. Um, you know, one of the reasons people blindly dump money into their 401k, as you, as you put it, is that it takes a lot of time, money, and expertise to evaluate companies and stocks and other investment options. Mm-hmm. So you can hire a financial advisor or you can just generate some sort of, you know, mixed uh, return or invest in some sort of mixed return market. But uh, you, you really, like you said, you don't have any control there. So how are you able to be successful in real estate investing without dedicating that same level of time, money and learning? You know, one of the beauties about uh, real estate investing is it is very repeatable. You know, it follows a common formula. So once you learn the formula one time, uh, it doesn't change that much from one time to the next. You know, whereas in the stock market, you have to you have to spend lots of time constantly monitoring the stock price of a company, or or else turn that over to a financial planner or someone else who spends a lot of time doing that. So the great thing about real estate is there's good systems you can apply directly to your business. They're repeatable, they're scalable, and they've been proven you know, by others. So you can plug into that proven system, start applying it to your own business, and start making money right away. You, you really don't have to reinvent the wheel, and you don't have to respond to such drastic changes in the market like you would in the stock market. And so I really um, embraced that concept and applied systems to my business right away. And then in my case, I actually took it uh, one level higher to the next level and I went and found a mentor. You know, what that mentor did for me was really accelerate my learning curve because, uh, you know, this is someone who had been there, who had done that and uh, was able to, to show me how to get from A to B and then B to C and ultimately, you know, all the way from A to Z and get the entire process from beginning to end. And, you know, as I look back, I think I probably never would have had the courage to make even that first purchase, to even buy that first house if I didn't have a mentor, because I could study it and read about it. But until you actually have someone show you, you know, how to go through it, I just don't think I ever would have had the bravery to to buy that first house. So I really do credit that to my mentor. 
That's great. And mentors are, you know, a wonderful aspect of that business. It, it is much better to learn from someone else's mistakes than from yours. The learning that you do on your own and those seminars that you uh, pay for out of your pocket are, are often uh, much more expensive when you uh, are, are doing it standing in, a, in the middle of a rehab. Uh, one of the things you mentioned a few minutes ago was control. You said that uh, you liked real estate investing because there was some level of control there. What? Tell me about flipping houses and, and how you think that you have more control flipping a house than investing in a stock portfolio, yeah, for instance. Great, great question. So in the stock market or in mutual fund investing or traditional you know, 401k retirement investing, really, and I think I use the word blindly, you really are putting your money there blindly unless you follow very detailed, you know, the stock price of a company and what decisions that company's making to change their stock price, you really have zero control over it. You're sort of crossing your fingers and hoping for the best. You know, in real estate, while you certainly can't control everything about the market, there are several key factors that you certainly can control and they they drastically reduce your risk. The first thing I can control is, is I control what I buy. I can strategically decide what areas uh, in my city to buy in, what neighborhoods to buy in, uh, what type of house, uh, what what price point of house that I'm looking at. So I have a lot of control over what I buy. I also have control over how much I pay for it. There's a, a lot of inventory on the market, and so uh, I can be strategic about the price that I pay for the house, making sure that I leave enough room and enough contingency to make it a profitable purchase. And then I also control what level of, of rehab and renovation that I do to the property. You know, I, I can control, you know, whether I upgrade the property to be the very best house in the whole city, the best house in the block, or uh, upgrade the house to be, you know, in the median or in the average of what the finishes for that neighborhood are. So, you know, I really control what I buy, where I buy it, how much I pay for it, and then all the work I do to it. Um, then Then when you think about the market value, you know, you can't control the market value of a house. But the key thing is, is that it's very predictable during the time of ownership, during the time that I'm going to own the house. You know, my goal is to to purchase the house, to renovate it, and to resell it. And if that whole process takes four to six months, it's very predictable what the market value is going to be in that four to six month time frame. So this does give me control, in fact, even at some level, you know, over what the house will sell for in the market. Great point. Uh, you know, one of the big myths from the real estate crash in, in 2007, 2008, is that it was overnight. Um, many of the people who were in real estate investing and who got burnt in that time, they didn't really get burned because the market crashed um, when when they weren't really when there weren't any signs. The signs were there, and people were speculating, and they weren't really adding value to homes. Um, and, and those were the people that that really got caught holding the cards. They they were looking for, they were buying because house prices always go up, and they were counting on appreciation mm-hmm. instead of counting on. Uh, doing work to add value to a home and then selling it for that value um, w- without that appreciation in six months or something. That's right. Um, so it is it is challenging to make a profit without doing any work, and it really should be. I mean, there there should be some added value that that investors add to the process. Anyway, let's talk about deals. I know you just closed the sale of your latest rehab. I did. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about the project? How did you acquire the house? What did you do? Um, And how did that turn out? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, this deal was uh, very, very similar to, to all the rest. I mean, I, I really try to uh, to uh, stick to a formula. I think I talked earlier about, uh, you know, flipping houses being a very repeatable uh, system. So I stuck to my general uh, formula here. You know, I'd like to buy houses that are right in the median price range for my town. You know, something that a first or second time home buyer would be able to afford uh, looking for a, a new home after I've renovated it. And this one was no exception. Uh, this was uh, kind of typical for the neighborhood it was in. It was a three-bedroom, one-bathroom brick home. Uh, had a full basement. Um, uh, no garage, but a fenced yard and a basement. So this is a very typical home for that part of town where a first or second-time home buyer would come in. It, it was uh, it was slightly below the median price for the area, you know, where I was going to price it at. And I think that's important because uh, I want to move, I want to sell the house quickly. And so, uh, for me, being able to buy it right and being able to uh, fix it up and price it just below the median for that area uh, is is a good thing. As far as the rehab, you know, this was a pretty typical cosmetic rehab. I uh, renovated the kitchen, new bathroom. There were some hardwood floors that I uh, had refinished. I was able to salvage those and not replace those. You know, all new paint throughout the house. Um, basement had a few water uh, leak issues in it, so I uh, had a waterproofing done to the basement there. Uh, ended up putting a new roof on the home and then new windows throughout. So it really just uh, gave the new buyer the, uh, the feeling and the appearance uh, of, of a brand new home. The total renovation uh, for this was somewhere around twenty-five thousand dollars, and that's you know that's total renovation cost. My profit uh, was right around the fifteen thousand dollar mark, and I'd say you know all in all from beginning to end, I spent roughly about fifteen hours of my personal time on that deal. So that's kind of a summary of of my latest uh, and greatest rehab project. Well, those numbers are great. Um, I think the you know. Perhaps the most phenomenal number there is the 15 hours. It, it, you know, that works out to $1,000 an hour, uh, which, which is certainly incredible. And, and obviously, we would all want to make that much money over sustained sure, periods yeah. of time if we can. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, 15 hours is, is very manageable for most people, um, you know. And, and you said you owned it for about four months or six months or something like that? Yeah, I think from the time I purchased it, uh, you know, until the time it sold, um, yeah, maybe four or five months, but really, really of those four or five months, the critical month is is kind of that first month, right? Or it's actually, you know, the first couple of weeks before closing. But I'd say from the time I bought it until it was totally fixed up and on the market was, uh, you know, just about one month time. So so even if it was one month, that's only about three, three, three and a half hours per week of your time. Right. Um, and, and hopefully most people would be able to find three and a half hours a week to, um, you know, to make $15,000 in, in a few months. Um, how does, you know, it, it, it just seems unbelievable, you know, to, to people outside this world, I know. Um, so how does that break down? You know, can you walk us through where you spend the time and show uh, our listeners how they can, you know, actually achieve this same yeah. type of results. Yeah, sure. So, 
You know, uh, the way I found this home is typical to how I find all of them. I, I, I work with uh, very good real estate agents uh, here in my town, uh, agents that are, that are competent at working with investors. So I really don't put any time into actually finding the home. You know, the, the real estate agent supplies me with, uh, with a list of options or a list of homes that meet my criteria that I've defined uh, in great detail. And so it's pretty quick for me to go through that list and, and pick and choose the ones I want to pursue. So uh, there's really almost no time in finding the house. But then I think the fr- kind of the first block of time is once I once the agent identifies for me uh, a good opportunity, I'll spend, a, it takes about an hour or so to drive to the house, uh, kind of walk through it. Uh, I use a, a detailed uh, property repair estimate checklist as I walk through the house. So it, it helps me not forget anything that might need to be uh, fixed or repaired in the house. And that only takes me, you know, 15 to 20 minutes to walk through the house with that checklist. And you figure the time to drive there and the time to drive back is is under an hour to complete that whole process. Actually, I think for this particular house, I remember uh, I actually did this on a lunch hour, you know, from from my job. Just uh, left work about noon and I was back uh, back at the desk by 1 p.m. So that's kind of the first hour. After I get back from the house from that trip and I'm looking at my property repair estimate checklist, the next step is really to uh, do the deal analysis, do the financial analysis of the deal to make sure that uh, the profit potential is there. So I'll take the, the information from my checklist and then I'll also uh, have the real estate agent uh, review the comparable houses in the neighborhood or what's uh, referred to as comps and uh, tr- you know finish the full analysis of cost of repair and amount that I can resell the house for, also called the ARV, the after repair value. That's about another one hour really to go through. I have a very detailed template, a a calculator that I use, and I just put all my inputs in there and it it calculates the profit potential. So I say, you know, about an hour uh, doing the checklist and then another hour doing the deal. So at this point, um, you know, I give my agent a number uh, for my analysis and say, this is what I'll pay for the house. And then the agent puts in the offer and does the rest of the work. So it's really only about two hours prior to uh, getting an accepted contract on the house. After the contract is submitted and uh, the seller accepts that, then the next chunk of time, so so now I know I'm getting the house, right? So now the next step is to put together a very detailed scope of work that my contractor will use to do all the repairs and, and renovations. You know, I think one of the most critical aspects of flipping houses on a part-time basis is to not plan to do any of the renovations myself. As much as I might enjoy uh, painting or swinging a hammer, it's no way to run a business, especially a business where time is my most uh, precious resource. So I will spend the, the biggest chunk of that 15 hours I will spend that uh, writing and constructing my statement of work. And I think on this house, probably I spent, I'll estimate about five hours or so, you know, between uh, describing in detail the renovations I wanted done to the house, taking photographs. Uh, I really want to make the statement of work accurate and correct and and self-sustaining so that the contractor can take this document and, you know, complete the entire rehab without having to involve me. Because my goal is I don't want to have to be involved and use my time during the renovation. I want my scope of work to do all that for me. So that's about five hours in that, so we're up to seven hours. I think I uh, spent about an hour at the closing. 
maybe you know one to two hours stopping by the house occasionally maybe once once every week or two just to check on the progress you know that's not really a necessary step but actually uh, I happen to work kind of close to this house so I would stop by on the way to work sometimes just to check out the progress then at the end you know I spent about two hours with my contract going through a contractor going through a punch list you know a punch list walkthrough to make sure that the contractor did everything I asked him to do and then I'd say as far as the process of listing the home and talking with the agent and dealing with, you know, contracts from the buyers, probably another couple hours there. And uh, maybe one, one more hour at the very end, you know, walking through the contractor to make sure he did everything. That's great. And, you know, obviously I followed this same process and I, I just wanted to, you know, reiterate that, you know, of that 15 hours, you spend, uh, you know, a full third of that time or, or five hours on the statement of work. And, right. and it is just so critical to this process that you eliminate the, any ambiguity between you and the contractor uh, by having a very detailed statement of work. So, you know, it's great that you spent that amount of time doing that and picking out the materials and, and stuff like that. You did mention there that um, you don't spend time painting or you don't spend time right. doing some electrical work. Some of those things can, can be expensive. Some of those contractors, you know, can charge a little bit more for work that, that mm-hmm. most people can do. You know, there's there's obviously some higher end work with furnaces and HVAC and stuff that does require specialty licenses. But anybody can kind of paint a house. Well, I say that I've seen I've seen poor jobs, but, <laughs> but most people can at least attempt to right. paint the house. But but you don't you don't think it's worth your time? Um, will you explain that a little bit? Well, that, that's exactly right, Eric. I, I don't do any of this. You know, the reason is this is my business. This is not a hobby. I don't treat this as a hobby. You know, my time is very valuable to me spent spent other places. I know some people really enjoy doing those things, painting houses, you know, installing carpet, you know, repairing handyman type things. But when you look at this as a business, every hour that you spend doing something like that, at least for me, that's an hour that I'm not spending looking for the next property or analyzing a deal or doing some other task that is of much higher value. You know, I'd rather spend an hour analyzing the next deal and looking for the next investment property as opposed to spending an hour, you know, painting a house or or fixing a a broken sink or faucet or something, right? So, you know, and even to take it a step further, I'd rather spend that extra hour with my family you know, than to save $10 an hour by painting my house, right? I mean, I've got four small kids and a wife at home. I would much rather spend that hour at home uh, than to try to save a few bucks here and there. So uh, the the key thing to all this is all of that cost is part of the financial analysis. When I analyze a deal, and and I'm sure when you analyze a deal and, and anyone else in this business, you have to account for the cost of paying someone else to do those low-value tasks. You have to value your time higher than that, and you have to put that cost into your analysis so that you can still be profitable even though you're paying those people to do those things. And that's great, although, you know, I have to say, if I had four small children running around, I might think that painting the house was a better end of the deal. <laughs> Some days, uh, you could be right. You're right. Yeah, I just have two, but, uh, you know, so I know it can be a, a little challenging. So, you know, we talked about a little bit why you got into this at the beginning um, mm-hmm. and then as well, you know, how, how, the, how the process has worked in this specific example. 
but you know, what are the benefits that you've seen? You know, have you seen the things? Have you gotten out of investing the mm-hmm. things that you wanted to when you got into it? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I, actually, I've been uh, just amazed. I've been floored with. Um, how blessed I've been to have discovered real estate investing and, and really the uh, the benefit, the change that it's made in my life has been better than I ever could imagine. It's really kind of falls into two categories. You know, there's some, I guess what I would call a short term or, or an immediate realization of benefit that I've had in my life. And then there's a couple of things that are more longer term, they're more future focused, but they give me such a peace, you know, now today, knowing that I'm aligning my goals and setting myself up for the future. But, you know, just in the immediate time frame, I mean, uh, my, my family and I just moved into a new home about a year and a half ago. The financial gain from flipping houses, you know, in on a part-time basis enabled us to upgrade to a much larger home, you know, for our growing family, pick up a, a, a couple of acres of land and, and a nice home. We were able to put a bigger down payment on that home so we could keep our monthly payment, you know, down in a controllable level. And uh, we never would have been able to put that uh, type of a down payment on this home if, if we didn't have the supplemental income from flipping houses. So that's just been a great blessing. We've really enjoyed that. The kids have just really fallen in love with the place. You know, on a longer term basis, this financial gain has enabled me to start saving for my kids' college. I, I work a, a corporate career and, and uh, you know, have a decent income, but it seemed like uh, life and expenses sort of consumed all that. And I wasn't really doing what I needed to do for my kids' college, putting money away. And, and frankly, I wasn't saving enough money for my retirement. So now I'm able to, to supplement my retirement and give it a big boost, you know, every time you flip a house. And then also uh, put money aside for my kids' college so that so that they can grow up and achieve their dreams, so that they don't have to work their way through college or, or skip college altogether because, because of expenses. You know, I'm able to set aside that money for them and help them do that. Again, that's just been a real blessing to know that I can uh, pass it forward, you know, to my wife and to my children. Um, and oh yeah, you know, just uh, like about a month ago, we um, just took the whole family to Disney World. And uh, so first time for the kids to uh, go see Mickey and enjoy Disney World. Spent uh, almost a week there. And, and I'll tell you, I scored some big dad points on that one. I, I was the best dad in the world that week. Yeah, that's that's always good, right? I mean, the kids at some point in time are going to appreciate the college fund. You know, hopefully, right. hopefully they will. But but that Disney trip, I mean, that that really yeah. <laughs> makes think, you stand out. I think they're saying, "Forget college, Dad. Let's go to Disney again." You know? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks. I mean, you know, uh, certainly learned a lot there. Hopefully, everyone listening learned a lot. Um, what uh, you know? Do you have any final thoughts? The big thought, the big realization that I kind of had in this whole process is, you know, I didn't think that flipping houses was possible when I first started thinking about it. I didn't think it was possible for me to do in my spare time. And, you know, I thought I had to give up my career and leave my job. And so, therefore, I I would never be able to do that. So I would never be able to to get started flipping houses. And like I said, you know, my mentor really helped me get over that, that mental hurdle. But the key thought to leave you with here today is that, Flipping houses in your spare time, it's very achievable. It's very possible. I'm living proof that you can do it. Uh, you don't have to risk everything by quitting your day job and, and selling everything you own. You know, you really can do this with a very limited amount of your own time. 
And the way you do that is you either develop your own systems or you plug into systems that have been developed by others and you apply them to your business. You find systems that are repeatable, they're scalable. You just plug in uh, to what has been proven to work and you uh, let it work for you. You know, you don't reinvent the wheel. And the other key thing, especially, you know, that's a great benefit in real estate is you can leverage so many other experts in the industry. You can leverage their time. You know, there are people who uh, make a living. They get paid to do the very things that you need done. They get paid to find houses. They get paid to loan money for houses. They get paid to fix up houses. That's their job. So the great thing is you can leverage those people to do all those things for you. You become just the master manager and you plug into the system. And like you said, you know, I just walked you through that that deal I closed on last week. I only had 15 hours of my own time in it and was able to make about a $15,000 profit. So the the key takeaway there is it can be done. It is being done uh, by many, by myself. And, uh, you know, anybody out there listening could do it too if they just uh, believe and plug into a, to a proven system. Great. I, I mean, I agree 100%. You know, I, I did the same thing, except I did it without a mentor and without systems. And it took me much, much longer than it, than it took you to get to the same point. Certainly the systems is probably the most important point there and, and leveraging others. Now, I did have a good agent and I, I had good contractors and stuff like that. So that, that was incredibly uh, important to my, to my success. Had I had systems in place and discovered the value of having solid, scalable systems, my career would have been a lot further along um, at, a, at a much faster pace. Regardless, you know, we're here now, and I'm very pleased with the results that I've had as well. Good to hear about you and and your story. For those out there listening, you know, you can like us on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash part-time REI. That's all one word. Or check out our website. It is parttimerei.com, and in this case, it is part-timerei.com. There is a free property repair estimate checklist on there, the same mm-hmm. one that Brian uses right. and the same one that I use. So if you'll just enter your name and email, you can uh, download that for free. If you've got any questions, email us at support at part-timerei, and uh, we'll be sure to get back to you. Uh, Great. Thanks for having me here. No problem. Thanks, Brian. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Part-Time REI Podcast your premier source for investing in real estate in your spare time. Check out our blog at parttimerei.com. That's P-A-R-T hyphen T-I-M-E-R-E-I.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter for exclusive tips on achieving success through real estate investing. If you would like a free copy of our property repair estimate checklist, go to parttimerei.com.